Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Back in WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, December 1st, 2022, on the premiere day of December. Mr. Marceau, it's the holiday season. What's going on, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. Have we watched any Christmas movies yet? Uh, nothing since we saw you this weekend. I was going to say, I saw you mere days ago. We're speaking on Thursday. I left you on Sunday, and it's... uh. I'm still recovering. We had a great time at the Marceau Compound. Appreciate your hospitality, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time, whenever that might be. But uh, got to start getting to the holiday spirit where it's already December. I know, seriously. I need to start watching Christmas. Day, what's the December first today? So I guess, hey, got to start binging uh, Home Alone two like ten times. <laughs> gonna, I was surprised you haven't watched it already. That was my question. I have. I watched it once already. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. It's it's coming up either tonight or tomorrow. But. Uh, no, I got to get on that. And, uh, well, speaking of things we got to get on, I'll, I'll, I might as well make the announcement now. You'll be excited about this because uh, there's been so much going on lately. I'm hoping to do it for tomorrow. If I can't do it for tomorrow, maybe for Monday. The 2022 Year End Rewards, WWE, oh, AEW. Can't wait. Can't wait. And the kid votes. He's the first one to vote every single year. Um, probably going to be starting, like I said, if not tomorrow, the polls will open on the website, WrestleRant.com. Um, if not tomorrow, at some point this weekend, I got to get up the categories. I got <laughs> to determine the categories. I got to determine the nominees. I hate that Survivor Series was last weekend because it really threw me off as far as shit I got to catch up on. But it will be up soon, and I will promote it here on the show every week. Um, I'll talk about it in every video and shit and, and throw it out on Twitter. I'll probably throw out the link pretty much every day, plugging it for people to vote. You could probably, unless the technology has changed, you can only vote once. None of this... Steal the votes, you know, fake voting bullshit. We're only going to be voting once. Get accurate results. What, what'd you say? Thank God I have three different browsers. <laughs> I know, you do this every year. And um, we'll talk about it. So today's the 1st. Next week is the 8th, 15th, 22nd, 29th. So we'll probably just break it down on the 29th. Uh, that's when the show's going to fall this year. And we'll break down all the categories. And uh, remember last year, Daniel Garcia was the breakout star oh, of the year, I think. Okay, which, yeah, he broke out all right. He broke out on, on Dark. He broke out a few months ago. So that's not entirely accurate. But maybe we'll revisit the winners from last year, see how yeah, they did this year. Last year, some of the, the, like, the ones that had to do with 2021. Yeah, I got to like, start doing that more. We don't do that often enough. So we'll revisit some of the ones from last year. Uh, obviously open up the polls for this year, see what people vote, see what Mr. Marceau votes. Uh, it's been a very, very newsworthy year, obviously, for both WWE and AEW and just wrestling on the whole. So I'm looking forward to breaking that down. But yeah, that's what December's all about, baby. We're breaking down the best and the worst. And we can't forget about the worst of 2022 from WWE and AEW. So polls will be opening soon. Like I said, keep an eye on the social medias for the an official announcement for when those polls go up, probably at some point this weekend over at WrestleRant.com. 
WrestleRantRadio.com. New episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com. Speaking of which, WrestleRantRadio.com. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean. We're on Pandora and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. But we got a big show on tap, Mr. Marceau, here today as we're talking Survivor Series from last week. And not just Survivor Series, any ordinary review. We were there last Saturday at the show in the TD Garden in Boston. Um, I think my first Boston show since I I think I went to a SmackDown, I think with Tom, like right before I graduated five years ago. Uh, I think it was the Superstar Shakeup to be specific. I think that was the last time I was in that building because I don't think since I graduated I've been in that building since. I've been to a lot of shows with you in Mass and Lowell and we've been to shows in, in Boston actually, but not at the Garden. So uh, great to be back in that arena. Good net overall, good crowd, good atmosphere. Uh, quite the show compared to 2013 Survivor Series in that exact same building nine years ago. A show I notoriously shit on for being so awful. Dude, I miss Hell in a Cell 2016. No, well, yeah, well, Hell in a Cell 2016. I was talking about Survivor Series 2013. Oh, I, I, honestly, I was so <laughs> good at that show. That show sucked. The TD Garden has a very rich history, at least in the last 10 years, of shows in that building. I know Night of Champions 2012 was in that building. Um, I rem- I wasn't there for that show, but I remember like JBL was back on commentary that night. They did Punk and Scene in the main event. I remember that. They were back for Survivor Series nine years ago. I've told that story a million times, but that show was f- one of the worst fucking shows I've ever seen. <laughs> that show was so bad. Honestly, one of my favorites. <laughs> that show, Big Show and Orton will never be topped as one of the worst pay-per-view main events in that company's history. And that's not an exaggeration, but, you know, we did go to TLC there in 2015, which was a great time. We had a great time at that show, and uh, almost exactly seven years ago, which is wild, December of 2015, and like you said, we were back there uh, the following year for Hell in the Cell 2016. I think they did Clash of Champions there in 2017 as well. Um, I was not at that show, and I don't think they did any pay-per-views in Boston in 2018 or 2019. I could be wrong, but I feel like they haven't gone to Boston for a lot, so... Um, yeah, what was your overall takeaway from Survivor Series on Saturday before we break down each match? I thought it was a good show. Um, I mean, I think it was probably, honestly, one of the weaker shows they did all year. I think they had a really good, like, swath of pay-per-views this year, premium live events, whatever the hell you want to call them. But I think it was a decent show. Um, I mean, I think that, obviously, the two war games kind of helped outline the show. Um, but the underneath matches kind of, for me at least, felt kind of flat. So, I don't know, it felt like kind of like a Royal Rumble. Like, the Rumble obviously is the big match and everything else is around it. But, I don't know, I, I would say it was probably one of their weaker shows, honestly. Well, I did miss the uh, elimination matches this year. I know we got War Games, which was great. And I would not be opposed to them doing it yearly. But let's let's talk about that real quick. Triple H did mention the press conference I was at right after the show. Um, and answering someone's question that it's up. He has no idea. Shit changes from day to day, but he did comment on the possibility of, you know, he doesn't know if he'll do it every year and you can't challenge someone to a five man money in the bank match. And he kind of went off on pay-per-view gimmick pay-per-views and shit kind of making the case for why those pay-per-views need to happen. And to which I say his answer was complete completely fucking dumb as far as that goes of course you're not going to challenge someone to a money in the bank ladder match it's more of a question of whether you do it at wrestlemania or have its own pay-per-view it's not a case of like one needs to have its own pay-per-view because you can't challenge someone to it well no shit elimination chamber honestly like i i've said before get rid of the fucking show i think it's silly it has its own show at least where it is in the pay-per-view 
on the pay-per-view calendar because they do it before Mania every year. They're doing it before Mania again next year. They'll be in Montreal. That's great and all, but it's like nothing ever. Do you think Roman Reigns will lose the championship inside the chamber before Mania? The answer is no. And especially now that we only have one world champion, it's not like, oh, you can use one of them. You can use the chamber to crown a number one contender. That's what the Rumble is for the month before. So I still very much hate the, the chamber concept being where it is on the on the calendar. And doing what they did back in the day, I feel like, is much smarter 20 years ago when they had it at Survivor Series one year, and then SummerSlam one year, and then New Year's Revolution. Like, I would much prefer that. Um, Are you kind of, I don't know, I like the War Games matches, but are you of the same mindset that you would rather see them be brought back when it actually matters, when you have two teams that can go at it? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think... I mean, his question, <laughs> I, I'm glad he answered the question. He didn't put, like, a Tony Khan. I was like, I don't want to answer that question. But, like, his answer was kind of dumb, like you said. He was like, well, you, it's not like you can challenge anyone for it. Well, like, no shit. I mean, you can't challenge. Why would any champion challenge someone in a fucking six-man elimination chamber match when he could just face one person? Or, like, you said, you can't mm-hmm. challenge anyone the money in the bank. Like, that's just not a thing. So, <laughs> I didn't love the answer, but I at least we got an answer, I guess. So... But, no, I, I think just like Elimination Chip, I think it's tough because I think Money in the Bank, I like it as a pay-per-view more than the other ones just because I think I agree. it's like right before it splits WrestleMania and SummerSlam. It's kind of like a perfect little area. But, I mean, people have been calling for King of the Ring and the being that time, which I don't hate. Elimination Chamber, similar to Hell in a Cell, like, it should make sense. Like, it's not like you need Elimination Chamber every year. Like, you can honestly spread that over a couple of years and, like, if there's one champion, there's a good amount of challengers. Yeah, put in a lamest chamber. That makes sense. Same with Hell in a Cell. Like, that's supposed to be, like, the end-all, be-all blow-off match. It shouldn't just be like, oh, October again, here comes Hell in a Cell, because that's what it's been like, and it just hasn't mean anything. Um, with War Games, I think it should be something similar. Like, it shouldn't just be, up oh, Survivor Series time. Let's just cram six people together. Like, this year, I think with the men, it worked. Like, I think it was... It was like the bloodline versus them. I think it had a good story there, but I, I think it, it doesn't need it. I'd rather like you do it at like a different pay view if it means something, not just because it's that time of month again we do it. So just like Elimination Chamber, just like Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank, I'm fine with it being its own thing. I mean, if they put it at WrestleMania, I wouldn't hate it, but if you can do a special to pay view, I would do Money in the Bank between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, and then War Games, I would put in the same hat as like Elimination Chamber and Hell in a Cell, like if, it, if, if it's necessary, then do it. Not just do its own paper, just the sell tickets. Yeah, no, I think it was a nice way to make you know Survivor Series mean something this year. I wouldn't necessarily do it every year. Again, I wouldn't hate it because the matches usually deliver as they did in NXT. But that's the other thing, too. I feel like, and I, I completely understand why they did this. And I thought this year it worked. Both matches I thought were very good. The men's I thought was slightly stronger, but we'll get into it. Um... They, they kind of need to have one for the men and have one for the women. Now, we have a men's and women's rumble every year. And you can argue that's overkill, which it absolutely is. But, you know, listen, everyone loves a rumble, so it's whatever. Um, the men's and women's money to make ladder matches. You know, there are two ladder matches on the same show. We've seen ladder matches on the same shows for, for decades now, more than one, you know, whatever. I'm fine with that. I would I would... Make I would improve that by doing it on one on one night and one on the other if it was back in Mania, but that's just me. And even the Elimination Chamber matches, I don't know if they did one for the men and one for the women this year. I think they did, actually. They did one for the Raw women this year, and they did one for 
um, the men for the WWE title, I think, that Brock won, which was which was stupid. But, you know, typically we get a women's, we get a men's, which I'm all for fairness, but I think they should only do it if it actually means something. Like, for example, the Bloodline match this year meant something. The women's one also meant something because they were feuding with damage control was Bianca, even though they've beaten them in every turn, which, again, we'll get into. Um, that's not going to be the case every year. You're not going to have a women's faction in there every year. You're not going to have a men's faction in there every year. So again, the W, I just go back, like, I know NXT did it every year, the same event every year, and it worked, but that's because they had an undisputed era in there every single year. They didn't have a women's one up until a few years ago. Um, and the women's one was usually pretty good. The men's one was usually pretty good as well. Well, like, even last year, if, if, if there was one in NXT this year, after the whole NXT 1.0 versus NXT 2.0, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, no one would have given a shit, because there, there really wasn't a reason to do it, uh, to do a men's or a women's this year. There was really no reason to do it, so they did on the main roster instead. Um, but yeah, like, I, I go back to what we did, what we had originally. They had War Games started in the NWA slash WCW. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Marceau, and I could be very wrong here. I don't think they did it on the same show every year. Back in WCW, I don't think they always did it at World War Three or Fall Brawl or this. I think they switched it up at, the, at whatever show they wanted. To. They did a lot of fucking War Games matches, but I think they did it at different times of the year for when it actually was necessary. So um, I would argue doing the same thing in WWE. But again, at least for this show, it worked. Starting with the women's one team, Bianca did emerge victorious. It was Bianca Belair. We had Alexa Bliss, Asuka. Uh, we had Mia Yim, Meechan, and the returning Becky Lynch, who came back on SmackDown to round out the team, defeating Damage Control's team of Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki Cross. Um, again, this was good. I do agree with your um, your nitpick, though, your complaint of it having too much furniture. I agree with that. I feel like we see this shit every fucking year, and it gets silly to the point where, like, Mia Yim's outside of the ring trying to gra grab a table, and her partners are getting the shit kicked out of him in the ring. It just looks ridiculous, but... You know, other than that, I thought this was good. Becky winning with off the top rope, I thought was a cool visual, but damage control feels like damage goods at this point. Um, but a lot of different points there, but I want to get your take on the women's war games from Saturday. No, I think it started off good. I, I like Dakota uh, starting off for for her team, and I can't even, honestly, I didn't remember who started for the other team. Who was it? I fucking oh, it was Bianca, that. yeah. Bianca, so I think those two were a great star. Um I thought the middle kind of dragged on a little bit. I mean, I think everyone was kind of waiting for Becky, and obviously she was the last one. But um, I guess my nitpick was just the fact that, like, by the time that Rhea and Becky had gotten into the Magic, they weren't even really using that first ring because they had so much furniture, and there was, like, three ladders and, like, a few tables and just kind of in the way. So I remember, I think it was Rhea when she got in, like, they were trying to do some – I think she threw, like, Alexa Bliss in one of the corners and, like, she was, like, hopping around, like, the ladders and shit because there was so much stuff in that one ring that there really wasn't much for her to do. Like, there wasn't really enough space to actually work. So that was my biggest nitpick. I think once Becky came in and the war game started, it definitely picked up and the crowd definitely came up. Um, but I guess my biggest one nitpick is, like, you're in a – I just – I don't know. To me, even in the men's, like, they did a little bit, but it wasn't too over the top. But, like, you're in a cage match. The whole point's a cage. Like, why do you need tables and ladders and chairs? Like – now the crowd's, like, used to it, so obviously they're chanting, we want tables, but, like, I don't know, like, can't, the whole point is to use the, is the, like, you're stuck in, the War Games is the cage itself, yep. like, you don't need to bring more furniture in, I guess I'm trying to just get at, but it is what it is, we're so used to it now that every year we get tables and ladders and kendo sticks and fucking 
dildos crash cans the, and, I mean yeah. I just I don't know to me I just I does nothing for me like the whole point is the cage match just like a Hell in a Cell like the whole point of Hell in a Cell was Hell in a Cell now we get like every weapon in the match just it's basically a false count anywhere no holds barred with a cage on top so. it's a hat on a hat yeah yeah it's just I don't know it's not my favorite but it is what it is like I said it's not like it's gonna go backwards it's gonna get even more extra- it's gonna get more ridiculous before it gets better so I'd rather, honestly, if it was up to me, I'd rather have blood involved than have all the furniture, but that's just me. Well, yeah, Alexis disagreed with me on this, and it is what it is, but listen, I think the blood would have really helped a lot. You're not going to get blood every year, but I will say this, for as many faults as AW has, the one thing I will like, I, I will say about their blood and guts matches is that they have blood. The, the, I think the two that we've had so far have had blood, and listen, not everyone has to fucking bleed, but... The visual of Sami Zayn in there, or even Kevin Owens, or both, doing what they did at the end of the men's match, I mean, I don't know how much the women are going to bleed, I get that, but the men's match specifically, I, Owens or Zayn with a bloody crimson mask, Owens gets the pin, and then Sami Zayn breaks it up, exactly what we saw, just with a little blood, would have been an amazing visual, so uh, I don't know, That that's just me as well, that's just a nitpick, but overall, I like the match. Uh, Team Bianca wins, like we said, and uh, Becky picks up the win by pinning Dakota Kai after during after doing her patented leg drop through her table off the top of the cage to both Io and Dakota, kind of burying both women's tag team champions. <laughs> the funny thing is that we had Nikki Cross in there, and she didn't pin either. She didn't pin Nikki Cross. I'm glad she didn't pin Rhea or Bailey. Um, she pinned Dakota, who was the more disposable woman of damage control. But you had Nikki Cross there. She could have pinned her. Nikki Cross ain't doing anything, so. I don't know. I'm I, listen. I'm glad coming. We'll talk about Raw a little bit here too as we uh, go through the review. But I like the idea of a Becky Bailey feud as a non-title feud because I just complained to you earlier before we hit record that we don't get enough women's non-title feuds. Same thing with the men as well. The problem with that is that Damage Control has zero fucking heat. Like I actually really like the the segment that we had to start off Raw this week and the you know they were in the merch stand and that's great and all. Damage control has no heat. They, you know, Becky got the better of them in a three-on-one situation. Bailey was like hobbling on one knee, and then Dakota gets her ass kicked later on by Candice, which she should have. Candice lost to Dakota the last time they had a match, so I'm fine with Candice getting her win back. But just the timing doesn't really add up because the group means fucking nothing. They mean nothing. They Bailey lost to Bianca twice. They lost on Saturday. They have the tag titles that mean nothing. I mean, I told you this. I literally was thinking this as soon as the one, two, three was hit on Saturday. You gotta pull the plug on damage control. I don't know if you take someone out. Like I'm thinking, do you do you take Bailey out and replace her with someone else? But it's like, okay, if it's not Bailey, then who would who's on that level of Bailey that would make sense? Like I know we've talked about Tegan Knox. If Tegan Knox is in there, she's not a natural born leader. Bailey's a notable name. I think people would care even less if Tegan Knox was in there. So, I don't know, man. I just, I think the whole damage control thing has been a fucking failure because no one gives a shit and they always lose. Like, I think your, I think your comparison of calling them the League of Nations to Bianca's Roman Reigns is pretty accurate because they've just done nothing but lose to Bianca since coming together. Yeah, I just, <laughs> when they lost, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you rewind the tape last week, I'm pretty sure we said they're going to win because they need, if they're going to beat anything of note, they need to win. Yeah, we did, yes. They might as well break the group up because they've done nothing, which... At this point, they might as well spray the group up because they've done nothing. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like they were just formed just to feed them to fucking Bianca because they haven't done anything else. Like, yeah, Bailey pinned her twice but in both matches. and didn't it, it didn't matter because nothing was on the line. So it's like when the mattered most, she lost. So it's 
no one cares. And like you said, EO and Dakota, I like both of them. I like the group a lot. Like, it's not like I don't like anyone individually. I like all of them in the group, but they won the belts. They they won the tag belts, and then they're, they're, they're technically they lost. They lost that stupid tournament to fucking Aaliyah and Raquel. Then they win the belts back because Aaliyah got hurt, basically. And then they've held them since and done nothing with them. And then they lose when it matters most. They lost here. They go on Raw. They basically get beat up three-on-one by Becky, which, I mean, that just makes you feel like this. If you're not a loser losing a fight three-on-one, I don't know what you are. Yep. And then Dakota lost later on to Candice LeRae. I like Candice, but, I mean... They might as well just break the group up because what's the point? Where where do they go now? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like at least when like Theory lost and we're like, okay, maybe they'll do something. Like, like I said, I'm pretty sure when he lost, and maybe we'll get more serious theory, and we kind of got that. But like with them, like they just keep losing. Nothing like nothing can change at this point. Like it's not like Bailey's gonna go after Bianca. She's lost a thousand times to her. Yeah, it's just I don't know where to win even if Becky beats Bailey. What does that even mean if Bailey's already lost to Bianca multiple times? And, you know, maybe Bailey beats Becky in the first match. I think it's a nice way of keeping both women busy, but it's not like the problem is that they put Becky in storyline on the shelf back right after SummerSlam in August. So it's like, it's like this group's run rampant on the roster and they've been dominant and they been waiting for a threat like Becky to come back and take it to him. No, they've not been dominant. They've lost probably half, if not more, of their matches. And Bailey really doesn't have much. Not that she doesn't have credibility. It's Bailey, but it, it's not like they're this one. Like Becky Bianca largely was able to take them out on her fucking own. So if yeah, she it's didn't, like Bianca did Becky's like dirty work for her when she was her. Yeah, so it's like, how much does it even really mean if Becky's able to conquer damage control? I just feel like I would pull the plug on the group keep them together a little bit longer just to be fed to Becky, but beyond that, pull the plug and maybe put EO on SmackDown on her own or turn Bailey face. I would, here's the issue. Like I said, I would turn, I would kick Bailey out of the group because they can say, hey, listen, we've been losers under your under your tutelage. Uh, you've done nothing but make us lose. We're booting you out. But the problem is, who do you replace Becky uh, Bailey with? That's the problem because there's no one really on the roster that's a suitable replacement Raw or SmackDown or even NXT. So, I don't know. I would just, uh, I would get rid of it all together, but I, you might have to wait a little bit longer until after Becky runs the gauntlet and goes through all three of them before uh, you can do that. So time will tell. But I, I, I thought the match overall was good. Um, do you think we're getting Bianca and Alexa Bliss coming out of this based on the interaction they had on Raw for the Raw Women's Championship? I would assume that we might get that on Raw soon, if not at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, what's, what happened on Raw, I think it's kind of storytelling. It's going to be her and Alexa next. Um, I mean, Bailey. And Becky are busy. It, it realistically only be Oscar and Alexa. I mean, because Rhea's seemingly still doing the whole Judgment Day and OC stuff. So I mean, I think a heel Alexa Bliss versus Bianca would make sense. Yeah, I know that would. Uh, they they uh, teased Alexa next in line for a title shot months ago, like before SummerSlam, and then Damage Control happened, and they kind of moved away from that. So I think that'd be cool. Turner heel. Um, I don't really want her to be evil Alexa, though. I know that's what they're teasing with the whole Bray Wyatt thing. That's not really what I want to see, personally. I'm not really sure why it's, you know, so difficult to just make her the evil Alexa that she was as a heel, um, you know, from a few years ago and not not the Bray Wyatt version. I feel like that one's very limited to me, but, you know, whatever. We just got past that. I wouldn't go back to that already. But, again, that's just me. Um, so I, I'm glad that, with, with, I'm, you know, if that's the direction they go on, I'm happy with that. I could also see a scenario, though, where they do Rhea and Bianca at the Rumble. Bianca wins. Maybe Beth gets involved or something. And, 
You know, I think mapping it out now, we're kind of getting a better idea of what we might get at WrestleMania. I'm thinking we might get Bianca and um, Rhea at the Rumble, and then Bianca and Charlotte at WrestleMania, because you know Charlotte's coming back at some point. It's been over six months. She'll be back soon, I'm sure. I'm thinking we get Becky, or uh, Bianca, rather, versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, and then Rhea and Beth in a non-title match, because I feel like the longer we go without seeing Beth back on TV the more likely it is we get that match probably at Mania and not at, like, the Rumble or whatever. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I was ta- I think I was talking to my dad on the way home. We are kind of mapping it out, and I think we both said Bianca and Charlotte at WrestleMania, and then I feel like at this point you do Becky and Ronda. I mean, that's where yeah, we no, were I agree, yeah. last year, and, I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna, anyone on SmackDown is going to beat Ronda, so I assume we get Ronda champion and her and Becky at WrestleMania, and then I think Ronda, like you said, Beth and... And Rio would be a good like match without a title on the line. Yeah, and we've also never seen that on a major stage. I know they did Bianca and Charlotte on Raw before Crown Jewel last year, and they had actually a really good match uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. And I think Charlotte or Bianca may have won by DQ or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I think that'd be a great match to do. I don't know if Charlotte would win or not, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I feel like that's the best use of uh, everyone involved. Uh, that's three top women's matches right there among. You know, you could do Ron- or you just said Ronda and Becky, but. Uh, Sasha might be back by then. I don't know what Becky does. Or you just said be- Becky and Ronda. I'm not, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not really sure what they do with the rest of the women. Uh, if Sasha's back, what you do with her, but we'll see. That's, that's three top matches right there though, across two nights. Um, so we have that. And then after that, at survivor series, we had AJ Styles versus Finn Balor for only the second time ever one-on-one in the company. Uh, this was good stuff. It was along the same lines of what you would kind of expect. Uh, it wasn't as good on there as their first match, but it was a good wrestling match. They didn't have a million kickouts. AJ just hit the phenomenal forearm, and that was it. So, no bullshit, no shenanigans. They got the outside interference out of the way halfway through. And then AJ won clean his first singles match win on a pay-per-view in over three years since Crown Jewel 2019, which is fucking crazy. But um, I thought this was good stuff, and it had the right winner, and it was what it needed to be. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I just, I don't know, maybe it was just the placement. I feel like the crowd also just sat in their hands. It didn't help that it was right after the War Games match. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I think this would have been a better match if it was, like, a different pay-per-view and it just kicked the show off. I mean, I understand with, with War Games, you're going to have to, like, spread those out. So, starting at the top and then having the last one end the show, I get it. But I also feel like if you had this match on, like, I don't know, say that this was clash the castle when he had that first it would have been a great opener yep i think i would have really been into it but after the women's war games i feel like everyone was kind of just like tired and just kind of settling back in so i thought it was a decent like wrestling match the crowd just literally didn't care um and i feel like that kind of hurt the match in my opinion i thought it dragged on a little bit but like i said it could have been just because i was exhausted from the war games match no i agree i would uh would you agree that you would change the placement of that and probably the smackdown women's championship match which happened right in the middle of the show uh yeah, I mean realistically the way that the way that Ronda and Shotzi played out, I would have just done that right after the women's war games, and then I would have just yeah, I guess I would just flop them because no one cared about that match. But I think if you did AJ and Balor um, in that spot, more people would have cared. I, I just feel like no one cared about Ronda and Shotzi to begin with. It just it was like Ronda's gonna win, Shotzi has no chance. The match wasn't really overly exciting, anyways. I would have just put it right after the women's war games match, but yeah, just to get out of the way, no one would have cared anyway. But I mean, you, you mentioned it right there, but let's talk about it. Ronda Rousey beating Shotzi to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. 
this uh, this was not good. This was not a good match at all. And it, it falls on both women because Ronda got a lot of hate coming out of the show. I'm not going to say Ronda's the best performer they have, but I've seen her have quality matches in the company. And even this year, I think she's had some good matches on SmackDown and on pay-per-view. Um, it's been very hit or miss with her matches. Some of the live matches weren't great. I think the live match from Extreme Rules was not good at all. But you know, I thought the Charlotte match, and maybe you disagree, but the one that we were there for, for Backlash, I thought was good. The quit, the I Quit match. Um, the match. Some of the matches with Natalia were fine, so... It's very hit or miss for her on, on pay-per-view matches, but this was not good. Shotzi's also the blame for that. She also has not had a lot of very good matches lately either. Uh, they didn't really click. Ronda didn't really sell well for a lot of her shit. Uh, that DDT spot on the side. I, I went back and watched the match for a better look. That DDT spot on the apron looked fucking awful. Um, the bot spot there, but Ronda won decisively, and that was about it. I think I, a lot of people were hoping, okay, we'll get through the match, and maybe someone comes out afterward like a Sasha that would make the most sense. No fucking Sasha. Sasha did not come out, so it was just Ronda winning, LOL, and that was it. So uh, this was easily the worst thing on the entire show. It wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I, I would probably put more blame on Shotzi. Like you said, I feel like I have seen Ronda have good paper matches. But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to who she's working with. I mean, when you go work with Charlotte, I mean, you're going to get better matches, just better overall. But I just think the crowd is one the crowd just literally could care less. I think, honestly, the crowd was more waiting for the after the fact because they thought someone was going to come back. And when they got no one, it just even made it seem even worse. So I thought the match was whatever. We all knew Shotzi was going to win. She did. The match was just there. I just also think that everyone was so excited that they thought someone was going to come back after that people just even have a worse recollection of the match being even worse. I thought it was fine, but like you said, I think everyone was like, okay, we'll get through this, we'll see what happens next, and nothing happened. Yeah. So it made, they just made it feel even worse than it was. So, fine match. We knew Shotzi was going to lose. She did. The match was whatever. It is what it is. I mean, Shotzi's not the – I'm not the biggest Shotzi fan to begin with. I mean, I think she's fine. I, I mean, I, I don't know if she should be having women's title matches on pay-per-view, but, I mean, it is what it is. I fear we might be headed towards Ronda and Charlotte. Charlotte or Ronda made the comment after the match, I'm the queen of this division, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if she would say that for no reason. I mean, I would assume we might get Ronda and Raquel when Raquel miraculously recovers from her broken arm in the next couple weeks after what happened on SmackDown last week. But, again, you, I, I, I say that's not a match that interests me. None of the matches in that division, Ronda versus any fucking woman on that show, does not interest me at all. None of them. Even if, I, I, like I shit on Shotzi as a challenger, and no one thought she would win. I would have rather seen Shotzi versus Ronda than Ronda versus Lacey, or Ronda versus Zaya, or Ronda versus Sonya. And all of those options were awful. They didn't really have a lot of good options. Raquel's slightly better because they've had a match before that I know was good, um, but not that much better because no one cares really about Raquel as a character either. And you think, okay, then what can they do? Let's bring back Charlotte. But that's a match we've already seen several times, and I'm kind of done with that too. And it's like, even if they were to do that, Charlotte the baby face? Because Ronda's clearly a heel right now. Does anyone even care? Um, I mean, I guess the last time we saw Charlotte, she got taken out like she is quote-unquote broken arm from Ronda. So it makes sense. Like That would be kind of like when we got Ronda Charlotte back, we'd kind of get her and Ronda. But I think the bigger problem is just like – even like I mean I, I I thought they should have kept the belt and live a little bit longer but whatever but then after she lost the belt like we got like oh Liv's going crazy or yada 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 and then just went nowhere yeah and we haven't really her, seen her in a couple weeks, weeks yeah exactly so it was like she started putting all these people through tables even after she lost the Ronda because that was kind of the thing I was like oh she's gonna get her like evil side or mm-hmm. she's gonna get like 
a dark side to live because she's like the bubbly Liv Morgan. She loses the Ronda, but then like two weeks in a row, she like she beat Lacey Evans and put her through a table. And I'm pretty sure she put uh, Sonya Deville through a table, yeah. and then we haven't seen her since. Like she was the only other person on that show that was somewhat getting built up or on the show doing something, and then we haven't seen her since. Like Shotzi was in like those six pack challenges, but besides that, like no one cared because she wasn't really even on the show. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I actually thought what they were doing with Liv post-title reign was good, and I thought they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we're, we're you know, making her crazy or whatever. They're teasing a new character change, and that didn't really go anywhere because we haven't seen her on the show since. I know that match with Sonya was like a month ago, and it was a good match, too, I thought, the, the no-DQ match they had. But we haven't really seen her do much since then, so I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not exactly sure. The, the, it, it feels very imbalanced between the amount of, like, characters I care about on Raw with the women compared to SmackDown. SmackDown has fucking nobody. The only match that would really interest me, two matches, and even the Becky match, that's a lot cooler, but, you know, a lot, like, it's cooled off a lot, but Becky and Ronda, and Becky's on Raw, but Becky and Ronda for Mania, if, if not Sasha versus uh, Ronda, because they have unfinished business, they work well together, as we saw a couple of years ago. And uh, we don't know when Sasha's coming back, but I, I assume she's not ready to come back yet. I know she's busy doing other stuff right now, but, you know, I saw a report. It's a money thing. Who, who even fucking knows? That may not even be accurate, but I, I am still convinced she is coming back at some point. She's not going to AEW. Um, I just don't know when that would be, but when she does come back, if and when, she has to be on SmackDown. She just absolutely has to be, because SmackDown needs a real shot in the fucking arm with the women's division, because this division is abysmal as far as how they've built it up, or, you know, failed to build that up, rather. Um, we'll talk about the next match that we had. The United States Championship defended and won by Austin Theory. Really good match with him, Bobby Lashley, and Seth Rollins. Uh, we've got a new champion. I really thought the finish was great, with Theory outsmarting Rollins and Lashley, kind of just barely falling on Rollins. Uh, really well-wrestled match. From bell to bell, this was probably the best match on the show. And uh, we have a new champion with the new more serious side of Austin Theory. So I thought this was uh, good stuff, and I like the finish. I have no, I mean, is it convoluted that they had him cash in a briefcase and a fucking mid-card title lose and then won the championship anyway? Yeah, the whole thing is fucking dumb. The whole thing is stupid. My point is is that they're rebuilding Lashley or Theory back up, so they had to have him win here, and I'm glad they did. I mean, Rollins' run was cut short, and I'm, obviously they're feuding going forward over the title, um, but Theory, I think, has more to gain from holding it than Rollins does at this point, so I'm okay with that, but... uh yeah, your thoughts on the three-way and uh, Theory being the new United States champion? No, I thought it was a good match. Like you said, I think, I don't know, I saw some people like complaining like, about the finish. Like, oh, he's supposed to be serious. And he kind of like won, like, like it was kind of like a banana peel win. Like, he like kind of just fell over Oz. And like, it was like, it wasn't like he beat him clean. Sh- like, I don't know. Like, I would say like, kind of like, not that he outsmarted him. But he was kind of in the right position at the right time. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I saw people complain about that. But like. Like you said, the whole way he lost the briefcase, I think, I mean, he didn't have to lose the briefcase just uh, just to get serious. Like, they could have done, I feel like they could have told that story better, but I guess I understand, like, he was kind of like a cocky little shit, and he needed, like, a big loss to kind of get serious. I mean, I don't know how else you really would do that without him losing the briefcase, but I don't know, I feel like you could just... You could, like I said, I think I said a, a couple of weeks, months ago. It's like if you're going to continue that Cena story, maybe he would be like, "Oh, like the like you're well, where you are now, like John Cena eat you alive or something." I don't know, like some way, like him losing the briefcase did not need yeah. to coincide with him being serious. But it is what it is. I can guess we can just move on and 
he's the new champion. I, I assume that he'll hold it for a while, and I doubt Rollins is just going to win it right back for him. So I thought it was a good match. Big win for him. I mean, we complained he never won, and since he's become serious, he hasn't lost. And mm-hmm. Won more matches and uh, being serious for three weeks than he did in, like, three months. So you got to take it where it is, and I'm glad he won here, and uh, I'm interested to see him and Rollins coming up. Yeah, no, I thought they did a really good job of not only having Theory go over in a decisive manner, but protecting Lashley by not having him get pinned and having Rollins the way that he get you know the way that he got pinned. I was fine with that. Like I know you said, oh, people are complaining about the way that he won. It was characteristic. It's not like he rolled him up or whatever. He just put his arm over him. But yeah, it was a fluky win, but you know now he's gonna have to prove himself by beating Rollins one on one. So. I'm all right with that. You mentioned the Cena stuff. I think there's a real chance we could see Theory hold the belt till Mania, and the Cena match is for that championship as it would have been when Cena was going for that title, you know, 20 years ago. I feel like there's a real chance that happens. No, I think that would be a great match and another marquee name, and Cena can theoretically, I assume, put him over. I mean... Yeah, he could, yeah. No, we'll get a Bray Wyatt WrestleMania 30 rerun, but uh, no, I, I think that... <laughs> Just another good marquee match that you can just add to the card. I mean, the way that it's theoretically no injuries coming, I mean, I think that WrestleMania, just like in store, what could be built up, I mean, I think it could be a really sexy card. I think it can be, especially with all the names are rumored to be bringing in and just the, the talent roster they already have and what they could be doing between now and then. I think WrestleMania is shaping up to be a real sexy card indeed. So hopefully they could stay the course and it, uh, they deliver uh, another great two-night show. Uh, beginning or, you know, continuing on with the next match here, and we saw a lot of stories told in this match as well. Second War Games match of the night, men's War Games main event. It was Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Solo, Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and the Usos knocking off Drew McIntyre, all of the Brawling Brutes, and Kevin Owens as well. Um, these are not the best War Games matches I've ever seen. This was not the best War Games match I've seen even in the last five years since they brought it back in NXT. These matches do drag... Do I mean, we, this is the first War Games match two first four games matches that we've seen in person. And I can attest to them dragging a little bit. Um, people were just kind of waiting for everyone to be in there. So the first like good half hour is a lot of just brawling and shit and people picking their spots because you know, it's not going to end due to the lack of pinfalls. So that's kind of just what you have to deal with. Um, but I still, I thought they, the, the storytelling in this one was great. Like Roman, the, the, the bloodline stuff really carried the show without the bloodline stuff. The show would have been way worse than it was. But, like, Roman putting Jay in there first, and then Sammy's out second, because it's like, all right, let's see if they can work together type thing. I thought that was great storytelling. Then you get to the end with, you know, Sammy Zayn protecting Jay, and then he stops Kevin Owens, and he low blows him. Jay and Sammy work together to put down Kevin Owens, and Roman Reigns wins right before Roman Reigns can lose. Blah, 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 blah. I thought the whole thing was great. And then they embrace at the end. That was probably the biggest reaction on the entire show. When they hug Sami Zayn, I thought there was a chance they might turn on him, turn on him in that moment. I'm glad they didn't. Uh, they're really telling this story exceptionally well. It's far and away the best thing in wrestling right now, and uh, I'm just very excited to see where it goes because it seems like every time you think you know what they're going to do next, they take it in a different direction, and it's always entertaining. So I can't complain. No, I thought it was. I thought there's obviously the best match of the night. Um, I mean, the Bloodline stuff definitely carried it. Like I like the Brawling Brutes. I like Drew and and Owens, but I mean. The bloodline is like the top thing, and that's what carried this match. I think one of the things, at least for me, like I rewatched. I thought I still think it was a good match, but the thing is, like normally, it's like the baby faces have the or yeah, the baby faces have or the heels have the advantage. When the baby face have the advantage, like what are we supposed to do? Like boo the baby face or kicking the shit out of the heels? Like I don't know. Like 
I think that's one dynamic that normally the, the, the heels have the advantage. So then at the end, you get the big blow and the baby faces get like come back. But like, I don't know, like, yeah, the bloodline are technically heels, but they are over enough that people will cheer them. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird dynamic in that aspect that like normally the heels have the advantage and the baby, like the end, like if Roman was a baby face, people would like literally throw babies if he came in and crushed everyone. But like he came in and kicked all the baby faces ass. Like, am I supposed to be pissed? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's kind of one thing that I didn't like. And like you said, it's just, at least with the elimination chamber, like technically when it's the first two people, obviously people come in interims, but like someone could get pinned in that, in that five minutes. Like, you know, no one's going to get pinned or the match ain't going to end. So it's, it is to a point, like it is three minutes, but it does kind of drag on when there's so many people that you're like, okay, when's the next person coming in? And not like anything over the top exciting is happening. So I think that's one thing with the war games matches in general that I've noticed throughout the years. That's just, Oh, it's just kind of a slog in the middle because you know nothing's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, but once Roman came in and once the war game started, I feel like the same thing with the win. Once the war game started, it got it picked up because I feel like the crowd at that point like got into because they're like, okay, now shit can happen. And the storytelling with the men, I mean, Sammy saving the bloodline throughout the match. Like, he saved Jay at one point. Um, he saved Roman, obviously, getting pinned by Owens. And then the finish, I mean, that was what we were there for and it was amazing. I mean, when he saved the pin and then kicked Kevin's head off and he kicked him in the balls like fantastic the only thing was basically Sammy to basically show his alliance the bloodline it was, it was definitely a great a, a great ending I don't think this changes the end game either because I saw people saying coming out of the show whoa this story is so great you could drag it on beyond this and I also saw people say oh you know Sammy Zayn's so over that he's above the tag titles and you know what to that I say this the Usos have been tag team champions now not even undisputed tag team champions, but they've been SmackDown tag team champions since July of last year. I think they just surpassed 500 days. If not already, then they will soon. Um, they've been tag team champions for so long. When they break, when when they get beaten, it's going to be a big deal. And Owens and Zayn have to be those two guys. I know we kind of like loosely floated the idea out there earlier this year. Like, oh, what if it was them? What if it was like DIY? No, at this point, it has to be Owens and Zayn. Like with the way they're telling the story... It, it, here's the question for you, Mr. Marceau, because uh, people have asked this. Come January, come next month, it's December as we speak right now, is the Royal Rumble. Do you think there's a chance they change course if this isn't already the direction they're going in? They have Sami Zayn win the Rumble and we get Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, maybe not at WrestleMania, maybe they do it in Montreal, Elimination Chamber. Could Sami Zayn be the one to beat Roman Reigns? And I'm not laughing at that idea. I think it's a cool moment. But you gotta think there's so many different factors. Like I feel like whoever beats Roman Reigns has got to be a made man, main eventer. Not that Sammy can't be that person, but I feel like the person who's gonna go out there and have like be the guy for this company after beating Roman is Cody Rhodes. Like no one else really comes to mind. You know, Braun Breaker I get, but it's too early for him, and no one else really makes sense. Uh, Bray Wyatt, no. So I don't know. I want to ask you that. Like, did, did that? Thought cross your mind at all as far as Sami Zayn winning the Rumble instead and going after Roman Reigns as opposed to the tag team titles? Um, I mean, it really, <laughs> this is the problem. The real, I guess the person who wins the Rumble at the end of the day for me would really depend on what happens at WrestleMania. If The Rock's coming back at WrestleMania, then I wouldn't want Cody to win it because he's not going to beat Roman. Like, I guess it really, I guess that's what it really depends on. If they, if, if they have The Rock lined up, then I, that's the match at WrestleMania. So clearly, he, and he's not winning the Rumble. I would assume. I hope not. So if I think if like you said, if anything, I would if they had if that's the plan, it's going to be Roman versus The Rock. 
then I would have Sammy, like you said, you could have Sammy win it, but then he cashes his Royal Rumble at Elimination Chamber because it's at his, it's in his hometown, whatever. But you could still have him face Roman and still lose. I mean, I don't think Roman, I don't think he should be the one to beat Roman. I think it should be Cody. So I think you could have him win cash and still, like, he cashes in his opportunity and loses still. And then we get Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. And then you can tell, maybe have Cody face on SummerSlam. But, I mean, if it's not going to be that, then I want Rock. Then I want, if it's no, no Roman Rock on the table, I want Cody to win and then face Roman at WrestleMania and beat his ass. Well, that's another question. Now, we bring... still, I think you could still do Roman versus Sammy at, at Elimination Chamber. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need to have him win the Rumble. Yeah, I, I would mean, I, ideally win the Rumble, but I don't think he's the one to beat Roman. I agree. What I would do is, I mean, if Sammy won the Rumble, I'd be very pumped. But like, what ideally the way that I see this playing out is Cody Rhodes is back in time to win the Rumble. Whether he comes back on that show or beforehand, probably beforehand, if you want to hype it up, whatever, he wins the Rumble. We still get Sammy and Owen, or we still get Sammy and Roman at Elimination Chamber. Um, they can do. They probably do the split. I don't. I don't know. Like we could get the split tomorrow for all we know. We have no fucking clue because I feel like they've thrown us through such a loop with this shit. It's hard to predict, which I love, by the way. I'm not complaining. I feel like we could get Roman and Sammy in Montreal. Cra- you know, place goes crazy. Like, oh, with every near fall, and then he ultimately loses and whatever. And that's what bleeds into the Usos versus Owens and Zayn. Like, maybe the Usos cost him the win. Jay Uso cost Sami Zayn the title. They beat the shit out of him afterward, and then Sami Zayn, or Kevin Owens, rather, comes to his aid. Place goes fucking nuts. Build the tag team title match of Mania. That's what I would do. <coughs> Excuse me. Before we get to any of that, though, with The Rock... I'll ask you point blank. Do you think? Do you think as of this today, December first, two thousand and twenty-two, The Rock will be back for Mania? Because for me, I'll tell you right now, the answer is no. I don't think he is. That's a. T- I mean, that's a. That's a. That's a hypothetical question. There. It uh, is. I mean, but like, I know we're not. We don't have much to go off of. But that's the problem. I feel like we haven't heard a fucking single thing. But I feel like by now we would know oh, The Rock might be back. We haven't heard anything. I feel like he's not. I feel like he's not prioritizing it, and he's not going to come back. I'm just, I'm, I'm preparing myself for the, like the worst here. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was a betting man, I'd probably say no because, like you said, I haven't heard anything. I just feel like the match is so like, it's, it's so ju- like I just don't know how they don't like. I don't know. Well, it's The Rock's just, fault. It's not the company's fault. No, I know that. I just feel like this is like the perfect moment for him to come back. Like literally, the stars are aligned. Like, yep. There's no story they could tell. To make any more sense, like it'd be like the perfect last match. If he's ever gonna do a last match, it'd be the perfect last match in Hollywood yeah. versus cousin for the fucking undisputed title. Like it's just like it's literally like poetry. Like you could write a movie about it. I yeah. feel like it, it makes so much sense that maybe it just won't happen. But um, I mean, theoretically, I still think Cody should be the one to beat Roman. So I, I mean, I think Sammy could win the Rumble, but I wouldn't have him beat Ro- Ro- Roman, and I wouldn't have that match at WrestleMania either. Honestly, dude, this is going to sound ridiculous, but if they have Rock come back, and he could, he could change his mind, or maybe they're keeping it a surprise, like, oh, he is ready to come back at some point, they're just, they're not going to reveal it, and we have no idea, that would be incredible if that's the case. I think there's a real chance that, like, let's say we get Roman and Rock, and Roman wins, obviously. If Cody's the one to beat Roman, and anyone can beat Roman, I mean, it doesn't have to be Cody, but I think it should be. They could wait until WrestleMania 40, dude. I know that sounds ridiculous, and I wouldn't do that myself because it's 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 so fucking long. But he's already been champion for like two and a half years. They might as well just go three and a half and be like, "Hey, fuck it, let's do it in 
2024. I feel like they might do that. I feel like Vince Triple H, it doesn't matter. I feel like they want to make Roman like a legend. The issue with that is like, are we going to have one champion for the next year and a half? That I don't like. I think we need two titles, but I feel like we're not getting two titles until Roman loses it. And I feel like there's a, I, I know, I, I know you mentioned SummerSlam and I agree, but if I'm Triple H, I'm thinking they might have him lose it at WrestleMania 40. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I feel like, it, honestly though, honestly though, if you said that to me last year, like you'll be champion through WrestleMania 39, I also would have called you crazy. So at this point, nothing's unheard of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this rate, I wouldn't surprise. Honestly, like at this point, break, honestly, it's just break Bruno. Fuck <laughs> honestly, like, does it even matter Christ. at this point? No, I mean, I just think the show really needs two champions. I agree. So I, I, if it was me, I, I would if 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 they're not doing the Rock or whatever, I would definitely do it now. But we'll I see. I, guess. I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't think they should keep the belt on Roman for another year. I'm not one of those people who are bored, especially with the Sami Zayn stuff really breathing new life into the Bloodline Act. If the Sami Zayn stuff didn't happen, then I would agree. Like, all right, this is ridiculous, but. You know, they've really made it a lot better with the Sami Zayn stuff, and they're telling a great story, so I can't complain too much. Beyond that, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know. I know I mean, he, also has a, he still has challengers, too. I mean, he does, he still, but, he, like, for another year, face, though? He still face, like, Sheamus. He still could face... AJ, uh, Bobby. AJ, Bob. Yeah, I feel like he has, still has a decent amount of challengers left. No, I... Listen, I agree. Just because you can, I don't know, doesn't necessarily mean that you, you should. You have to. I understand. Yeah, and I also just don't know if it's going to help the product having another champion having him be champion for another year where he's not on the show consistently. Like, oh, I was going to say, like, what about the B-level pay-per-views that he's not on? But then again, how many B-level pay-per-views are we not, are we going to even have in 2023? It sounds like we're not going to have a whole lot, which is fine, which is great. So I think there's a pretty real possibility. We could see Roman Reigns as champion through WrestleMania 40. I don't think that, listen, I'm not saying I want to see it. I'm just saying there's a chance we could see it. But either way, I think regardless of who he faces, he's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania 39. But it got me thinking after I left your house the other day, Mr. Marceau. You talk about main events for Mania next year. We've already mapped out most of the card. You know, Cena could be coming back and Stone Cold. And we could see Rhea and Beth. And we said Bianca and Charlotte could be a match or Becky and Ronda. Obviously, whatever Roman's matches is going to be, you know, night one, night two main event. Probably night two main event. For night one main event. In all fairness, I mean, I w- if whoever wins the Women's Rumble should face one of the women's champions at WrestleMania. The problem with what we said was that if they do Charlotte and Bianca, Charlotte should not win the Rumble, and Ronda won the Rumble last year, and she didn't even main event last year either. I guess you could do Becky and Bianca as one of the main events of Mania. Do you think there's a chance, though, I haven't seen anyone bring this up. I mean, Listen, I, I know they had two men's matches last year, but that's because you closed with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would, The only instance I would close with two men's, match, two men's matches this year is if the other main event was the tag team title main event. Because I honestly think we've never had a tag team title main event in WrestleMania history, let alone not many in pay-per-view history. Um, do you think there's a chance we could see KO and Sammy versus the Usos as a Mania main event? Like, Is that to you a WrestleMania-worthy main event with the way that it's been one of the best parts of the program for the better part of the past year? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be. I don't know if... I, I doubt they do it, but I think it can. I mean... Basically, the bloodline's so hot, like, that is, like, 1A to 1B of, like, the whole yeah. Roman stuff. So, I mean, theoretically, I think it would probably be Ronda and Becky on one of the nights if they do that. I think that's just, like, a big enough match that they could do it. Um, but, I mean, I think it could. I think if you ever, at, at this point, a tag team match, I think that would be, like, the match to do if you're going to do it because it just, 
there is so much story there that I think it could main event the show. I mean, like you said, I think that night you'd also do like Ronda and Becky and probably a couple other big matches to sell the card overall. But I think I it's I don't think people would complain if that was a main event because I think it's the story's been told so well that it could be pulled off. Yeah, I think it's I think it's personally I think it's main event worthy for WrestleMania if they told the story the right way and depending on how strong the story is for whatever whatever you know women's match they end up going with for Raw or SmackDown or whatever. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know, just the thought. I think the, the closing shot of Mania with Owens and Zayn winning the tag team titles. Listen, the tag team title reign is as, as impressive as Roman's. Maybe not quite as impressive, but they've been champions for a really long time. They're the longest reigning tag team champions in company they've history. They've defended it way more than the other, or they've actually wrestled way more than... Then Roman lately, I mean, they've really had a lot of defenses. I mean, they've beaten the Brawling Brutes twice. They beat the uh, Prophets twice over the summer. They've beaten the Mysterios a whole bunch. I mean, they're having a match on Monday. They're facing Riddle and Elias on Monday's Raw. So they beat the New Day a couple weeks ago to beat the record. So they've had quite a few uh, title defenses in the last couple of months, and let alone in the last year and a half, let alone against, you know, RK Bro. They beat Nakamura and Boogs at WrestleMania. They beat Riddle and uh, Nakamura on SmackDown a couple months ago. They've had a lot of defenses, the Viking Raiders and all these other teams, the New Day earlier this year. They've had a lot of fucking defenses. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, I, I honestly, I would consider that as a potential main event for Mania if they keep going the direction they're going in. So we'll see. Um, one last thing on the Roman thing before we close out here. We were actually just talking about this with your dad a moment ago before we went back up after your fire alarm went off. But, uh, you know, Roman and Sheamus as, as, a, as a Rumble main event, and not main event, but like for the undisputed WWE Universal title, I honestly would rather see that over Owens and Roman. And here's the thing. I know they're building the Owens and Roman. I thought the exchange that Owens and Zayn had on Raw was great. Owens beat Jey Uso. Good stuff. Here's the problem. I don't think anyone's really thinking about this. If Ro- if and when Roman beats Kevin Owens for a fourth fucking time, what is the point? I mean, it's not even like we've never gotten the match before. We've gotten it not once, not twice, but three other times. I don't really understand what the point would be of him beating Owens again. And the whole story with Owens is that, oh, he every time he lost to Roman, it was interference. And is Roman going to lose clean, or is Roman going to win clean this time? That's the only thing I think that would make this thing worthwhile. Because otherwise, why would you do the match for a fourth time when instead you could do a fresh match? I mean, fresh as it can be, because we've seen Roman and Sheamus a lot, but not in a long time. When you could do Roman and Sheamus for the Rumble when Sheamus is as hot as he is right now. I don't know. I feel like I'm in the minority, Mr. Marceau. I would much rather see Roman and Sheamus again, or for the first time since Roman won the title back, than Roman versus Kevin Owens when KO's going to lose, so it kind of feels like a waste of a match, and we've already seen the match three other times, and the story's not going to be any different. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could get, like, Zayn, like, maybe... I mean, maybe if he, like, has... That's where, like, maybe the outs start happening. Maybe there's, like, some, like cracks there and he doesn't know who to go with and Roman still wins I mean I don't think Owens is going to beat him realistically I'm with on your side Sheamus is literally as hot as he ever has been honestly yep. that that might not even be a stretch like he is so over right now I think doing him and Roman makes way more sense now than doing Owens especially because I mean not that Sheamus will win but this is also the most popular he's ever been so I would do that now I mean I don't need to see Owens lose another time I mean, like I said, I guess it could further a storyline with him and Sammy, and then we get the him and the Usos, but if it was me, I would just do Sheamus and and, and Roman. I, I just don't need to see Owens lose again. Yeah, I just don't really see what purpose that serves. So, I mean, I know we're not going in that direction. We'll find out more in SmackDown tomorrow. I don't know what you do with Sheamus in the interim. You'll probably just focus on the Rumble. I don't know. I think we're headed towards Gunther and... Uh... 
I don't know. You think we're probably going to get Gunther and Sheamus again in Mania, which I think we should, and Gunther or Sheamus should win. I don't think I don't want to see Strowman and Gunther at WrestleMania, and I don't want Sheamus to be, uh, you know, losing that shot when Strowman wins the title instead. I don't really want to see that. I would much rather see Sheamus become champion over Strowman personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand. I don't know. I just feel like Braun's so over right now. I mean, he doesn't need to win the belt, but I just feel like if you don't, like, if he starts losing a lot, then it's just like, I don't know. I feel like he's in a weird spot that he's over because he keeps winning, and I feel like to capitalize on that, he should probably beat Gunther, but then if he loses, it's like, then I feel like then he's going to lose his appeal, and then, like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's so hot right now that he, he should beat Gunther, honestly. Yeah, it's like maybe. It's tough. It's tough. It is I tough. Mean, you have him win. You have him on the show. He's winning all the time. He, he gets screwed up by by Gunther here, so that's why he lost to Ricochet, basically. So then it's like then he lo- then he faces Gunther and then loses. And it's like then what do you do with him? Yeah. Because then like people are like, okay, why would he care about him if he just lost? Like I don't know. It's it's weird because I feel like Sheamus like he's still over and he's lost a decent amount. I feel like with Strowman specifically like. We've seen his booking, and whenever it mattered the most, he usually always lost. And I feel like that's what really killed the crowd and killed his overness. So it's like you bring him back, he's over. Then what are you going to do? The same thing you did with him before? Just going to lose any time it matters the most, and then people just get, then then he'll just won't be over again. So yeah. uh, and I feel like with him, it's tough just because he has won and people care about him. If he, I feel like if he went down the losing or would win matches and lose when it matters most, people would just give up on him again, which basically happened at the very end of his last kind of tenure, because every time he went for the World Heavyweight Championship, he'd fucking lose. Yeah, no, he was a loser at that point. And then when he won, it was during the pandemic, and then he lost it like two months later, and no one cared. No one gave a shit, yeah. He wasn't supposed to win it anyway, so I feel like that didn't help either. Like, he was thrusted in that Goldberg-Roman Reigns match, and he won, like, in a two-second squash, and no one cared. And his reign was awful, because he had no real opponents. He was facing Miz and Morrison in the handicap match in a fucking pay-per-view, like anyone was supposed to give a shit. Hey, hey! Ho, ho, Universal Champion. (laughs) That was kind of funny. That know. that was entertaining. Yeah, I like that, but like, it's not a pay per view worthy world title match. Is my problem. So, yeah, no. I mean, I don't know why they had him lose the Ricochet. I thought that was really fucking dumb. Because it's like we won't. We'll, I'll, I'll end it here. But like, the whole point of the World Cup, like, don't tease Strowman and Gunther if you're not going to have Strowman win. Like, that's my thing. Like, if you're going to go in a different direction, okay, but then don't tease it because then it renders the World Cup irrelevant. Because like, whoever gets the title shot, we know they're losing, and no one's going to care. Because all the fans care about is Strowman versus Gunther. They don't give a shit about Ricochet. They're not going to care about Santos. So that that I thought that was a pretty dumb decision. If you want to have Ricochet beat Strowman, okay, then do it clean. It would have been he would have benefited more from beating Strowman than having him like it was like a two minute match, and then like they had Imperium cost. It was more about Braun than it was Ricochet. Ricochet gained nothing. So I was kind of a I that that just flabbergasted me. But we'll see where they go with it. Uh, we'll wind down with this, Mr. Morso. Some AEW stuff. Nothing like too too much of note to talk about. But you know, we had the show on Wednesday. The Elite got their third win in the series. Whatever. I know you didn't see it, but it was another match between the two teams. It was exactly what you would expect. Um, you know, not too much else note of happening. Hangman Page is back. He uh, confronted Moxley, which I liked. Ruby Soho was back as well to confront Ty Mello. So we got two returns on the show. The big thing I do want to close out with you though talking about not really from dynamite itself is the status of william regal it's kind of up in the air right now because remember he helped mjf win the world championship at full gear and then last week he was like oh mjf will be on the show next week to explain his actions he was on the show this week mjf was to explain his actions and he talked about like the reason why regal helped him and 
you know, I we mentioned this a week or two ago, and I even you even said before Full Gear, like you didn't really didn't have much of a desire to see them as an on-screen pairing, which I completely understand because MJF doesn't need him. But I'm thinking, okay, they just turned Regal heel, and it's not like he's like he felt bad about turning on Moxley, like he was like he was in fucking heel Regal mode last week. So I'm thinking, okay, this will be fun. Like heel Regal's great. And then a week later, MJF turns on him. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing here? And I thought the angle was, I thought the angle was great, but I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, dude, I mean, I'm like, MJF's reign is going to be great. That's a whole other thing. But I'm thinking like, for me personally, you know, I'm a regal guy. I'm thinking like, this will be fun. Like he can have some promo battles with Moxley and <laughs> just gets the shit kicked out of him. Like, <laughs> Oh, why did, what are we doing here? So listen, the only explanation, and I know it's only speculation from PW Insider and PW Insider is a pretty good source is that he's headed back to WWE. Honestly, at this point, not because I'm a WWE show, but because the only way to justify what they did on Wednesday is to have him go back to WWE. If he's not going back to WWE, then whatever the fuck they did on, on Wednesday was really stupid. So I don't know, dude, I just, for my own speculation, just looking at it. This is not a bold opinion, but I think people... I don't know how, like, he got out of his contract, and I'm reading Alvarez said that he had maybe something worked into his deal when he first signed, that maybe when Triple H took power, he could leave. Like, how would they even know back in fucking March that Triple H would take power again? Yeah, like, but maybe he signed a six-month contract with that line up somewhere, or, like, maybe it was, like, a little extent. I don't know. I feel like there's, it, there's no way you just, like, I'm gonna... I want to leave, and he's just like, okay, because there's plenty of guys that he said... So, I feel like... Honestly, like, William Regal is, like, such an asset to WWE. I, I feel like he'd be more important than letting, like, I don't know, like, ex-WWE guy, like, Miro, one of them guy. Like, I feel like he means more, like, behind the scenes than maybe that's why. Or maybe he's just, like, a, I mean, he's not a wrestler, technically. So, yeah. it's not like maybe his contract's a little bit different. But, I don't know. I don't know what six months is from March. But I think maybe the maybe he did, like, an extension. Like, oh, can you stay around a little bit longer? And then he's gone. I, I just don't know how. He can just randomly just say he wants to leave. But, I mean, like you said, PW Insider is a pretty plugged-in source, so I don't think they'd be saying that it's basically he's going back to WWE if that's not the case. Yeah, no, but all these sources seem to indicate that they're pretty adamant about the fact that Regal signed a multi-year deal, at least a one-year deal, and a one-year deal would take him through March, and it's December. So that even that doesn't make sense. So I don't think he did sign, like, a six-month, eight-month deal because then... I I don't I don't even know if they would have I don't think Tony Khan would have done that I don't I just again like I said Alvarez is indicating and again you got to take the shit for what it's worth but he was implying that maybe he had something worked into his deal where like if Triple H ever took power then he could leave it's like all right if that's the case which I I think that's pretty fucking dumb if that was I don't even know if that's real but is that real though like when Trip when Regal signed to the AEW Triple H was on his deathbed. Like, he wasn't remotely close to coming back to WWE. So why would Tony Khan or Regal even foresee the idea of Triple H ever taking power? He was never... Triple H was never going to take power. Was Regal the one that wrote the letters to the Wall Street Journal about Vince being a sex pest? And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how would he even know in March that Triple H would take power? That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, maybe it was, like, a one-year uh, one year deal, but there was, like, a, after six months, there was an option. Like, you could put an option. Maybe, in yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, like I said, I don't really know. I feel like that's the only way. It's not like you just, like, I want to go and, like, t I don't know. But, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, but whatever. I but like you said that, but with what happened last night, that's the only thing that would make sense. Like, he literally turned on Moxley just like it turned on MJF. Like, the only other thing that, like, it's like, no one would ever trust him because he turned on two people. Like... I feel like you'd have to leave at that point. You'd have to. I mean, you look at 
this whole thing is so convoluted. I know a lot of it isn't their fault. Like, a lot of it isn't Tony Khan's fault, but, like... Mm. Uh, well, listen, like, MJF comes in, he comes back, he's gone for a couple months because he goes off on the company legit, and then in, like, storyline, he disappears, he comes back, he's supposed to feud with Punk, Punk goes away, he gets hurt, he gets suspended... Uh, Moxley has this impromptu title shot anytime I was choosing. He's a heel. He starts turning face. Everyone thinks he's turning face. He goes back to being a heel. Regal turns heel with him. And then he turns on Regal. It's like the firm. Don't forget about the firm. Then MJF was with the firm randomly or he was like when they needed him. And then they turned on them or like they turned on him. Like, I don't know. It's so fucking convoluted. Like the last, since he returned, it was like, he was like with the firm, then he wasn't, and then he turned on him, or they turned on him, and then he was a babyface, then he wasn't, and then, like, I don't know, I feel like he's turned like ten times. This is, it's such a mess. They just need to keep MJF as champion and just keep it pretty straightforward, because this shit, a lot of it just doesn't, listen, I know it makes sense that, okay, you can't trust MJF, I get that, but I'm talking about from a, that's from a storyline standpoint, from a booking standpoint, to turn Regal heel for a week and make him the most hated guy on the show. We got such great heat last week. I'm like, oh, he's going to be one of the bigger parts. Of, he, he's been a big part of Dynamite since he came in. He's on the show every fucking week. You talk about people that are never on the show. Regal's on the show literally every single week. week. Every single week. If he, even like sometimes he's on commentary, but like he was always on the show. He was always on the show. But th- here's another thing. If you're Tony Khan and you think he might leave, unless Regal woke up yesterday and was like, you know what? I kind of want to go back to Papa H. But it's like... <laughs> If you're Tony Khan, and listen, I I know we've complained and other people complain like, oh, you got to give people, if they want out, you let them out. And I'm not, I don't want to get mad either way, but like, you devote, if you're Tony Khan, you devoted the last six, seven months to William Regal on your show. He's on the show every, they, they gave him his own faction. They gave him his own faction with, the, the, the faction's in the toilet at this point, but it's like. I was going to say, the faction's dead at this point, so maybe it was like once BCC's dead, you can leave. Yeah, maybe. It's just like, they, <laughs> they, they've devoted so much storyline time and effort to Regal, making him such a big part of the show, only to be like, you know what, you can go back to where you were before. It's like, I, I'm glad he had such a great run. I thought Regal in AEW was great. I'm not complaining I'm going back to WWE because, you know, I think that's great. We'll get to that in a second. It's just like, if, I'm thinking from Tony Khan's standpoint, to put so much equity in someone and then just to let them go. Because it's not even like with Malachi Black. If you're not doing shit with them, then let them go. I get that. But, like, Regal's on the show every week. So it's like you can't even wait till March, like, after a year. Like, it, it was just, Yeah, but maybe it's different because he's not a wrestler. Maybe. Like, it's just, like, it's just so abrupt. Like, these rumors weren't even starting until, like, a, until a week ago. It was It was still... I honestly started hearing him a week... Literally once he turned... Like, literally once he turned on MG... Or he turned on MGF. And basically, like, the storyline last week... The way that they kind of told it was like Moxie literally had his best chance to take out Regal and he didn't do it. So it's like what like, and then from there it's like okay that's weird. But like, yeah I don't know. I feel like I didn't hear anything until last week after that whole promo with him and Moxley and Brian. And then eventually someone's like, honestly I feel like he's gone. And then this week clearly like he gets he gets knocked out by MGF. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's it. <laughs> yeah no, but not even that. I thought I I started I first started hearing about it, and maybe just because I wasn't on Twitter last week when the show aired. But uh, when Triple H put that tweet up on during War Games on Saturday, he put up a tweet with William Regal, and which means doesn't mean much. But like Triple H ain't gonna promote fucking William Regal unless he thinks he's coming back. So I mean, if, if he's if he's in the other company, I don't know. This the thing is really funny to me. I just. It's fucking random that they would just let him go like that after like six or seven months. Like again, he's he was such a big part of the show. He didn't. It's not like with Punk. It's like Punk was like 
I don't know. Like, it's really funny that Punk and Regal were such big parts of the show, and then they're not going to be on the show anymore. Like, it's, like, I, I guess. It's it's weird. No, it's, I Punk it, is yeah. different, though. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean. You know I, what I mean? So like, different. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find, maybe eventually find out. Like I said, maybe it was, like, since he's a manager, it's, like, a different special contract. Like, it's not like he's a wrestler, so it's, like, not like he has, like, yeah. an RP thing, like. Maybe his contract was more, I don't know, I just, I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I think it's not like he's going to release him. So there's clearly some way that he can get out of it. Yeah, just, it's just, it's, I don't know, you devote so much time and you make him such a big part of the product and we as viewers are investing in what these people are doing. And the punk thing was just, that was his own fault. But with Regal, it's like, I'm not saying don't let him go. If he wants to leave, you're not going to make the guy miserable. But it's, I'm surprised he wants to go back that badly. You I know? can. What'd you say? I said, like I said, I mean, literally him and Triple H, like, literally have been, like, clearly best friends. He's been with NXT since the the start of it. Like, I can see, like, they clearly are good to best friends. Like, I don't know, your, your best friend's out of power. He's, you're like, okay, now what am I going to do? He comes back from and starts running the company. And you're like, fuck, I want to go back. I don't know. No, I That's know like, that, but I'm just... I don't know. I, I, I understand to a point. I understand your point, too. It's like, he's all over the show, so it's like, what... It's not like he can be like, I'm not booked, so, like, get me the fuck out of here. But maybe he just isn't happy. Like, even though he's on the show, he's just not happy with, like, the direction. Like, I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club was, like, a thing for, like, a hot second. And now they're, like, basically, they've been basically done for a while now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really don't. I just, I think it's funny, honestly. And, it like, is said, funny. It's like his girlfriend dumps him and then he gets a new relationship and then he's like, his old girlfriend's free again. It's like, well, I should probably go back because she's free again. It's like, well, <laughs> is that fair to your new girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It just, it just, I just laugh at it because it's so weird. Alexis even said to me on Saturday after I showed, uh, I, I, we were, we were at war games and I showed her that tweet and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, he's coming back. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not. Why would he come back? Like, he's obviously happy where he is in AW. And then I hear this shit. I'm like, well, I'm a fucking idiot. So like, I, whatever. I don't know. But here's the other thing. I, I'll mention this real quickly as we, I know we've gone long here, but, uh, um, I would assume he would just come back in a backstage role, right? Like, cause like. I don't think he's on NXT anymore. I don't think he's the NXT GM anymore because they have Shawn Michaels in that role now. So I don't think he would go back to NXT and do something there. I feel like that's, you know, Shawn Michaels has that role. So I would love the thing with the, him leaving AEW. I, obviously, I grew up with him in WWE, but like I got so spoiled by him on AEW every week with the faction stuff, which that was such a great fucking use of William Regal. Obviously, they could use him behind the scenes in scouting talent. I think that's amazing. But I do think it would be a bummer if we didn't see him on WWE TV at all. So I'm hoping Triple H actually uses him to some capacity. Honestly, maybe he's on one of the fucking commentary teams. I don't know. I just feel like to not use him at all on, on air when he's still with it and can still contribute on an on-air position would be a shame. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could be like a GM, like take over Adam Pearce or like be like I agree, part- yeah. Because I feel like we haven't seen Adam. I feel like we haven't seen Pierce like at like in the actual like backstage role in a while. I mean, I feel like he's been a part of the pull aparts, but we haven't like seen him give like kind of like rulings besides like the whole Sonya Deville shit. But uh, I mean, I think they'll utilize him to the pretty much. He won't go back the next day. I don't think. I think that's like Sean stuff and from there. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe like I said, maybe he's like a backstage somewhere on Raw SmackDown. I mean, maybe maybe he wants to give advice, and there's people on Raw SmackDown that want to hear advice. I don't know. Maybe that's why he wants to come back. <laughs> I heard they don't like taking advice in that company, so. Who knows? <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I, I just need I need to know his side of the story and like I need full on tell like an honest answer. Like don't sign an NDA. Don't sign an NDA. No, bro. no NDAs, please. I need like a full on answer. Like, did you not just like like it there? Like, is he that is he that desperate to go back to his friend? Like, you know, I don't know, man. But like, it's I know he loves Triple H, but it's like you've been there. You've been in AEW for like six months. You can't hold that out like another couple months. Like he's literally involved in the top angle on AEW, and then he just leaves. You know what I'm saying? Like he's it's not even like he's not on the show. He's I, knock, I don't know. <laughs> I just it's it's hysterical to me. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe he pops up one of these days when we hear that great music on Raw one of these days. I'm not complaining. It is it, the whole thing's pretty funny. But I'm sure we'll have more details next week, Mr. Marceau. We'll talk all about it then. Uh I think actually next weekend is uh NXT Deadline and Ring of Honor final battle, whatever that card's gonna consist of, so We'll talk about that shit next week here on the show and all the latest in the world of wrestling. New episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. I'm Mr. Marceau. This was great, brother. Awesome seeing you guys over the weekend. Thank you again for your hospitality. I look forward to the next one. And make sure when you watch uh, Home Alone again you know, soon, let me know, and I'll... I'll give you some movies to watch for Halloween for uh, Christmas season because I feel like you're going to fall behind if you're not watching Halloween or fucking Home Alone 10 times. Sounds good. I can't wait. Sounds good, brother. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. See you.